0: Let's go to the word together today. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the life of the spirit. Thank you for the life of truth. Thank you for the truth that goes into every heart in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they draw a circle around themselves, so to speak, in terms of their attention span this morning. Nothing exists outside the circle. For the next 45 minutes or so, Father, as we talk about your word together, I thank you for light and revelation to flow like a mighty river. I call upon, I call into existence. Ephesians 1, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you and your word. Spirit of God, take the rock and let fire come out from within it in their hearts. Speak it to them, reveal it to them, open it to them, quicken it to them, utter it to them, pour it into them today that Lord, it would go from logos to rhema and faith would be the result and victory would be the result because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. You've given me a specific message to preach, a specific. I had something else planned, but Lord, you spoke to me that this is what you wanted for today. And I thank you, Lord. I lean on the anointing. I yield my vessel to it. I thank you, Lord, that I don't speak under the anointing, but I speak forth as the oracles of God, my tongue being that of a ready writer, write, father by my words, but through the power of the Holy Ghost and the incorruptible seed of the word onto their hearts. According to Hebrews nine, truth and revelation knowledge. I thank you for your anointing that makes it easy to deliver and easy to hear and easy to understand and easy to do and live and execute, we thank you for it, Holy Spirit. I trust you and I yield to you in Jesus' name. You know, I was listening to Pastor Nancy, and she's such a, a, a magnificent, masterful teacher, and other ministers. And I would say, "Oh my God, that, I need to teach that. I need to teach that to our church." And then I listen to someone, "Oh my Lord, I need to teach that to our church." And then I hear Brother hagan "Oh my God, Brother Hagin. because I listen to him a lot, and and I and some of you need to listen to Brother Hagin more. And, uh, and and i oh my lord i got to teach that to my church and then i got all these things and i said lord all, and all of them are good because all of them it's much revelation it's much anointing you can't fit it all in and so I, I said lord i hope i'm not ripping the church off by by not teaching what pastor nancy's teaching or by not teaching this or not teaching that the lord spoke to me he said son are you led by the spirit every time you get up and preach i said lord i i'm sure i miss it sometimes but i sure i sure try to be led by the spirit and i think most times i am like I know I am this morning I know I was last week I know I was on Wednesday I know I was on Sunday I mean I can count uh, there's not many occasions when I get up and I violate the leading of the spirit in fact I can probably count on one hand in the last recent memory when I've done that and when I do there's a great grieving that comes and I know I didn't do what God wanted me to do but I don't hardly ever feel that way so I know I said yes Lord I'm being led by the spirit and it's so obvious it's so it's so simple Jenny it's like it's so simple but the way he said it to me so encouraged me he said if you are preaching what I, the head of the church, am telling you to preach to your congregation, to my people, my church. He said, don't you think that that's exactly what they need to hear? And even though the other sermons that you hear from other ministers are awesome and great in their own place, but I told them to preach that to their group of people. And that's what their group of people needed to hear right now. And maybe down the road, I'll have you preach what they're preaching to your people. But as long as you are led by the spirit, my son, that's what the father said to me by the Holy Ghost. As long as you are led by the spirit, every time you get up in that pulpit and you do what I tell you to do and you say, you, you preach the subject and, and you give the examples, even if I bunny trail you, you do what I tell you to do. You follow the leading of the Spirit. He said, exactly what your congregation needs perfection, the exact spiritual diet that they need, they will have without any loss, right. without, any le- without anything left out. Amen. Your parent wants their child to eat vegetables and meat and starch. And you want them to eat those green things and those orange things and those yellow things. Right. Because if we don't get that into them, it's not it's not fully healthy. And as a pastor, I want to get every category into you right in the balanced approach. But in my mind, I'm not smart enough. And there's so much in the Bible that you could preach. I can't just create. I can't just try to make something work in in, in my own mind. I'm not smart enough. There's too much in there. Okay, I can't piece it all together in a way that and a lot of pastors do. They just try to do what is, it's a mental approach. They don't know how to be led by the Spirit. But I'm telling you when I'm led by the Spirit and I preach what God tells me to preach, and many times He changes it because He doesn't speak to me right away. So I'll go with what I feel in my heart. But then He'll many times say, yes, what's in your heart is fine. Or that means it's still His leading. Or He'll say, no, like this week I had something else planned. It was a, it was a hot sermon and I will get to it at the right time. But He said, no, 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 no. He said, I want you, I want you to deal with this subject. I said, Lord, I've already preached that to them. He said, I want you to deal with this subject. They need to hear it again. Some of them, it's going to be a rescue to them. So... I'm being led by the Spirit. When you're being led by the Spirit, you're giving exactly what God has said. If you're giving what God the Creator, the perfect one, has instituted for the people, how could the people not get something? How could the people suffer loss? How could there be something left out in their spiritual diet if God himself has said, preach this? So instead of me looking around and saying, oh, that's a great sermon, oh, i got to preach, da, 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 and getting all confused and trying to jumble, you know, jumbled and try to put too much in, praise God for all the ministers and they're all preaching what God told them to preach to that group of people. But I'm preaching what God told me to preach to this group of people. All of you that are are looking at me and smiling right now. uh, Praise God. All of you that I'm looking at right now, you see me smiling at you. I'm preaching what God told me to preach to you so that you can have confidence that I'm a pastor. I'm not perfect and I make many mistakes, but I, I am becoming more skillful at being led by the Holy Ghost. And, and when you're led by the Spirit and you say what the Spirit wants, I don't, I don't have to be concerned that maybe a hotter sermon or a cooler sermon or a more exciting or dramatic sermon would have been better. No, if it's what the Spirit of God wants, it's what you need. Sometimes it's carrots and peas, and other times it's, it's cheesecake, but it's what you need. Praise God. And you, you just take the whole diet, you take the whole counsel of the Word that I'm giving you as your pastor, and you can supplement with Pastor Nancy and Brother Hagen and others. But remember, and this is important. Reverend Taylor that they hear this remember something very important when you listen I just heard the Holy Ghost speak to me when you listen to Pastor Nancy okay when you listen to her you are getting a supplement you are getting extra vegetables extra meat extra potato extra help but God and God may speak through her to you directly revelation from the word or he may give you an answer through her as you're watching but remember because she is not your pastor because she is not the one graced for your life primarily, you can receive from her and you can receive from Brother Hagan and you can receive from Jerry and from Randy and from Copeland and from others that we trust and that we'd say their names from the pulpit. But remember that there is no replacement for the one that has an office and a grace for your life. Yeah. In other words, I'm not as skillful as Pastor Nancy and I'm not as mature as Brother Hagan, but there's something that I have that they don't have. There's something greater in, in, my, in, in, in me than even in them. Why? And it's not because I'm great. It's because the grace for your life is on me that's what's greater the grace for your life is not on them they're not standing in an office to feed you as your personal pastor they're in an office and they're teaching the body and you can receive and god can speak to you through their words but it is never going to be the same measure the same level the same height the same flow the same the same highest highest potential as when the individual me and Jenny, standing in an office, a pastor, but there's lots of pastors, but standing in an office with a grace and an anointing and an assignment for your particular life, because God said, you, uh, Andrea, be planted in this church. He is your pastor. That means that the grace, the anointing, the assignment, the help, the rescue, the office in me is personalized exactly specifically for her. She can receive from others, but it's never going to hit the same height. It's never going to be the same punch. It's never going to be the same rescue. It's never going to be the same impartation as the individual one that God says, he is the one that I've assigned to you as your personal pastor, as your personal shepherd. So pay attention to what he says because I'm going to speak through him to you. It's, are you listening to me? I don't see, I don't hear any of you saying amen. (laughs) Taylor, you better help the people because they're all quiet this morning. Are we in the Presbyterian church? Everybody's quiet this morning. (laughs) Maybe you're saying amen on your couch. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, I just heard the Holy Ghost prompt me strongly to say that. Yes, I receive, you can receive, you can receive from other ministers and receive much, but don't ever Don't ever lessen the honor and don't ever lessen the importance in your heart to say, but they're not, God didn't anoint them personally for me. He anointed them for the body. I'm part of the body globally, but God anointed one man and one woman personally and specifically with me in mind. That's you, whoever. Andy, hi Andy. Andy needs to think, and I know he does, that's why I'm picking on him. God, he anointed them for the body and I receive But God anointed one man and one woman specifically for me. He gave me a personal man of God, a personal spiritual father, a personal pastor that he graced and anointed, put in an office, gave an arsenal, gave weaponry to, that he gave an assignment to. He put him in the spirit, gave him a place, occupying a place in the spirit, and he anointed him with revelation from the word specifically for me. That means that when I listen to Pastor Craig, even though he's not as great a preacher as other ministers out there, and he's not as old and wise and mature, and he doesn't have the same level of revelation, but there's something he has that none of them have. He has the grace specifically for me. And when, I, when he preaches, I'm going to pay attention because God's going to speak to me through him. He's going to speak to me through the word that he preaches. He's going to use my pastor to help me because there's a grace on his and Jenny's life, particularly for my life. And you've got to make sure you keep that right and keep it in the right place. Then take the other ministers that we trust and respect. Be careful you don't listen to too many because their diet of the word is not our diet. But, but take the ones that we talk about from the pulpit and listen. But remember, they're not anointed particularly for you. They're anointed for the body and you're part of the body. So you'll still receive things in general. But there's a pastor that's specific for you. I, I'm telling you, Jenny, I know, I know God's voice. I heard the Holy Ghost say, say that and say it strong. So he wants the people to hear that this morning. Amen. And I, and I, and I didn't plan on saying that. That's not in my notes. It was, wasn't even in my mind. And I'm not saying it because it's pastor appreciation. I think the Holy Ghost wants it said because he knows it's pastor appreciation. I'm not using that to manipulate anything. But I think the Holy Ghost wanted me to say that because he wants you to appreciate not, I'm not saying it in a prideful way or in a, or in a self-serving way. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm trying to just make a factual statement. There's a grace on me for you, Sammy. There's a grace on me for you, Barry. There's a grace on me for you, Nigel. Stop staring at me like that, Nigel. I don't appreciate that. Praise God. (laughs) Jose, Tanya, there's a grace on me for you. Praise God. Sue, with your hat on, there's a grace on me for you. I'm going to have to move the pulpit maybe over next time. Preach from there so I can see all the people in that section. There's a grace on me to help people. And and, and so pay attention because God will speak to you through your pastor and through the message. So when God says to me, preach this message. And how can they lose? Because God himself has said, there's lots of other great sermons, but God hand-tailored that message to them, Jenny. Plus, plus, Jenny, it comes through an office with a grace particularly designed for them. Because they're planted in this place. So not only is the message right, but it's coming through an office with a grace and an anointing with a specific assignment to feed, to nurture, to protect, and to rescue their individual life. Because God put me here and God put you here. And he said, now you come together. You feed and you receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. So today, I'm not going to be that long because, uh, I mean, I could be. I got, a, I got I, you know, I preached this before. I looked at my notes from before, and I, and I re-added new notes and changed some stuff. So I, I could go an hour and a half. I could do a series on this. There's so much to say. I don't think, I don't know. Maybe the Lord will have me do that. We'll just see. I'm not sure. But all I know is that I've got to share a few. Simple points with you this morning. And the Lord dealt with me and He said, I want you to talk to the people about their mind. I said, Lord, that doesn't sound very exciting. Let's talk about casting out devils' glory. Let's talk about the glory and revival. I'm telling you, He said, I want you to remind them about their mind. That the battle is in the mind. That the first thing that the devil is after is not your body, it's your righteous mind. That you have control, you have, whether you take it or not, whether you use it or not, is between you and God. I'm telling you the facts. You have control over your mind. You don't have to think whatever thought pops into your mind. Like you don't have to look at everything your beady little eye, you know, stares at. You, you, you can choose what you are going to latch your emotions onto. You can choose what you're going to meditate on. You can choose what you're going to think on. And some of you need a reminder in this because your mind and how you operate in your mind is very, very important. And so I'm going to share some things with you this morning. Some of it is a little bit different that I would not normally share, but the Spirit of God spoke to me to share this. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, I won't say what right now, but I'm going to talk about something that's going on in the news. Yes. George Floyd, yes. is that his name? Yes. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But, but before I get to that, I, I want to give you some scripture because I'm talking to you about your mind. And the mind is a powerful, powerful instrument. The mind controls what we, it's part of your soul, which is your mind, your thinking center, your will, your decision making center, which is part of your thinking center, and your emotions, your feeling center. And your soul that's your that's that's the invisible part of you but but we can see it demonstrated by what you think what you decide and how you feel then your body that's your physical shell and your spirit man which should be controlling your soul is here the bible says in proverbs it's in the belly part of your region it's your spirit that's you that's the real you that's the part that goes to heaven or hell if you're born again you go to heaven that's a part that is recreated that is recreated in the image of god that has connection with the father when you're born again born of the spirit spirit made alive in its relationship to god as second time your spirit man is 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 where faith is it's it's where it's where the life of god is it's where the holy ghost is and the holy ghost wants to go from your spirit man and influence your soul your soul is your mind the way you think plus the way you decide and the way you feel but he wants to influence your mind so let me read you just a couple verses if you wouldn't mind go with me firstly to romans chapter 8 and i know i've read this before but it would bear repeating romans chapter 8 and verse 6 Hallelujah. Praise God for to be carnally minded, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let me read this to you as well from the Amplified Classic translation. Uh, I'm just pulling it up here. And the Amplified Classic says uh, of, of Romans 8, 6, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death, death that, comp- that comprises all the miseries arising from sin both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace both now and forevermore. Let me read it to you from the Passion Translation, Romans 8, 6, and it says, For the mindset, I like that the mind but it really it's a mindset your mind your thoughts is a mindset it's the set of it's the way your mind thinks it's the way it moves it's the way it functions it's a mindset and it actually uses the word mind-set mindset uh, for the mindset of the flesh is death but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace yes, that's right. When your mind is where it's supposed to be, when your mind is dominated by the Holy Ghost, by the Word of God, where you are checking your spirit, man. People don't realize this, Jenny, that you can even even in moments of chaos, even in moments of great fear, you can look down into your spirit, man. You can check in your spirit. I remember when that plane, remember we were on that plane and they came on the thing and said there's a problem with the wing or the tail or something. I can't remember what they said. We can't maneuver properly. We're doing an emergency landing. They were circling around the the, the airport in L.A. like for an hour and a half. And and then they finally said emergency vehicles are on the scene. And and you could see all the fire trucks and the ambulances. They were all lined up there with their lights flashing. And you could hear people. (laughs) I mean, people were terrified. I mean, there wasn't the stuff with the little mask falling down. But, I mean, the the guys giving the announcement, you know, this could be, you know, be prepared to brace for impact. We can't control the plane properly. We're doing an emergency landing. Uh, Emergency uh, people are on the scene. And people are. I just, I looked. I remember, Jenny, we were sitting there. We were in business class and I just looked down. I I didn't physically look down. I just closed my eyes. But what am I doing? I'm looking down into my spirit, man. That's right. See, because my mind in that moment could be given to... My children. See, your mind wants to run. Your mind wants to run with my four children. Oh, my God. What if, my, what if Jenny dies, but I don't? What if I die, but she doesn't? What if we're mangled? What if we're hurt? What if there's a fire? Where am I going to go? Where's the exit? Your mind. I'm not saying that you're brain dead, that you're stupid. I mean, it's good to know where an exit is, but your mind can run. Yeah, that's right. But see, don't let your mind run. See, I, I can choose to let my mind run. Yeah. And I, I just checked down in my spirit. And I said, Lord, I'm looking into my spirit now. I'm just looking into my spirit holy ghost is there any concern i quiet in my mind i get out of my mental arena and the thought realm and i check my spirit you say how do you check your spirit just close your eyes and listen listen to the holy ghost if you don't know how to be led by the spirit you're going to have a real hard time doing this so you got to learn how to be led by the spirit and pray much in tongues The more you pray in tongues, the more the Holy Ghost has the ability to, the more clear he'll make it to you, the more sensitive you'll be to that spiritual realm, to your spirit man itself, and to the Holy Ghost who lives there, the more revelation will come by the word. The more you pray in tongues, Dad Hagen said, it's the door of entrance into the realm of the spirit. And so, the realm that your spirit is connected to the Holy Ghost who is part of the realm of the spirit. Yeah. So the more you pray in tongues, the more sensitive you get, the more alert you get, the more you can hear him. That's why I keep telling you, if you listen, pray, pray, pray in tongues more than you ever have before. No, because not as you're doing so many things, not only are you praying out the perfect will of God, you're praying out answers. You're praying out rescue. When you don't know something, you're praying out so that he can reveal it to you. But more than all of that, as powerful as all of that is, when you pray in tongues, Jenny, when they pray in tongues, Uh, Joanne, when you pray in tongues, when you pray in tongues, the Holy Ghost, your spirit man gets movement and action and it it starts to get more sensitive to that spiritual realm and more sensitive to the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And, And you'll be able to distinguish between your thoughts, your reason, your mental faculties, what you are creating in your own brain and what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate up through your spirit to your brain they're they're both end up being in your thoughts because if you don't have it in your thought then you don't understand it's got to come from your spirit to your mind but you've got to be able to take your mind and and, and divide it and say this thought is from me and this thought is from the holy ghost and i can tell the difference because i'm learning to be sensitive to the spirit of god and this thought is from the devil (laughs) because he will talk to you too and sometimes he'll talk so subtly to you like when Pastor Nancy was walking out the back and, and that thought came to her, uh, you know, you need to give this much money to this person. You need to, but, it, but you know, the devil's so stupid, he overplayed his hand. If he had just been a bit more subtle, he might have got her. Right. Because it sounds like God. Why? why, You know, God would tell you to sow. Right. But you see, there was an element of pressure with it. Yeah. And she is so masterful and sensitive to the Holy Ghost. She knows when the Spirit prompts her to give even a large amount because there's peace and joy and there's no pressure. But the devil overplayed his hands. She showed, like we play Uno as a family, and and he showed showed his Uno hand a little bit. Praise God. He overplayed a little bit because he, he kept saying it and he applied pressure. And then she said, ah, I caught you, you foul thing. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's you. It sounds like the Holy Ghost. It even can bring a feeling like it's the Holy Ghost. But I know the Holy Ghost. He doesn't apply pressure to me. He can be intense and he can, he can be passionate. Right. There can be a like a, you, you need to give this. Because you know, like, you're, you're fighting it and the Holy Ghost is prompting you strongly. You need to give this. But there's not a pressure. There's a difference. And this, and and this non-spiritual person can't tell the difference. No. But she but she knew, and then the Holy Ghost spoke to her and, and, and gave her clarity and said, no, don't do that. That's the spirit. That's that enemy trying to give you to give away all your money, and he's adding to what I'm trying to do. He always adds, and he always puts pressure on what I'm trying to communicate to you. But you see, unless, unless you're sensitive to the spirit of God inside you speaking to your mind, and you can divide in your thought life what is the thoughts of the spirit, what are the mindsets of the spirit, what is the instruction of the spirit, or what? is the uh, mind of the spirit, spiritual mind, spiritually minded versus your own natural mindset, if you can divide those two clearly, you'll learn to be led by the spirit because everything has to come up here. You can't make a decision to walk. You can't make a decision to give without your mind being involved, your will to decide to do that, being involved, and and then you make an, then your physical body does it or your mouth says it, or your hand goes in your pocket. You understand? Your mind is involved in everything. So even in being led by the Spirit, it still has to go through your your thought center. So there's going to be thoughts in your mind. They're either going to be from you or they're going to be from the devil and the world or they're going to be from the Holy Ghost. Your job is to divide the pie. Is this my thought, God's thought or the devil's thought, the world's thought? And if you know the word and you know the Holy Ghost, it's very easy in most cases to to get the category of the devil out of the picture. But in some, he can come so subtly that even it's the devil and you don't even realize it. But in most cases, you can get rid of that. Then the challenge becomes, is this my thought or is this the Holy Ghost thought? And the only way you can do that to be able to divide that, to be able to divide those thoughts, because they're all coming in the form of thoughts, the only way you're going to know that, it could also come in a dream. You're going to be able to divide that. It could come with a word of prophecy that could, may not be from God, or it could be you have to learn to divide that. But either way, however it comes, it still winds up in your brain. It still winds up in your mind. And you have to be able to divide those thoughts and say, is this me or is this the Holy Ghost? You say, Pastor, you're helping me. Thank you. Tell me. What's the magic? Tell me. What's the secret? Tell me. How do I? divide between what's my thought and what's the holy ghost thought practice it takes time And it takes a lot of time in the Bible because that washes, the Bible says, when you, the word, the washing of the word and the renewing of the mind, it washes your thoughts. So it takes time in the word and it takes much time. That's why I keep telling you the answer, the golden thing is praying in the spirit, not necessarily praying in English, although we pray in English because there's much to pray out in English, but praying in the spirit. Paul said, I pray more than all of you. If you'll learn to pray in the Holy Ghost, not just once in a while, but every single day that you breathe oxygen, multiple times within every day that you breathe oxygen and and just pray. And you say, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." Just shush and pray. Stop trying to figure it all out. Stop trying to understand why it's important to pray. Just obey and pray. The Bible says it. And I'm telling you as your pastor, the Bible says it. So do what the Bible says. Pray in tongues more. It will get your spirit man more sensitive to the Holy Ghost who lives in that and then those, then your. Your spirit is communicating to your mind what the Holy Ghost is telling your yeah. spirit. And as your spirit is more sensitive to the Holy Ghost, those the, the, the sensitivity to spiritual thoughts, the be able to divide the fine line of natural thoughts, your, your thoughts versus spiritual thoughts, what came from your spirit, which was influenced by the Holy Spirit who lives in your spirit. So when I say spirit thoughts, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost influencing your spirit, your spirit putting it in your mind. You can tell the difference between the spiritual thought and and between the natural thought and then of course the worldly devilish thought. Amen. And if you can learn to divide those, I'm telling you, you, you you've, you've overcome probably the greatest challenge in the Christian walk is learning what thoughts are from God. Like for example, I'm just giving you examples. I was going to preach a, a message. It was a great message. I've never preached it to you before. I mean, it was powerful I, and I, I'm going to get to it because I know God wants me to preach it. But every time I thought about it, Jenny, I just felt a little bit, mm, something's not up. Yeah. But I know it's not the message. It's not the doctrine is wrong. It's not the, it's just I don't know. I just something. I put the, the, the lead to the battery and instead of sparking, it just sits there. Yeah. It's just dead. This just feels, this just doesn't feel. But I'm so excited about the message because it's such a revelation to me. It's what I shared with you in the, uh, when I called you yesterday. Yeah. It's such a revelation to me. But, 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 but when I thought about saying it to the people today, it's just it's like there's no spark. But the, the revelation is full of fi- fire, but the spark for this morning, the timing is not right. So I said, well, Lord, I don't know what you want me to preach. I've already, and then I go, so I go start going through my list because I've always got about seven or eight sermons that I'm always ready to preach at any given moment. And then I know are coming. I just don't know when. So I went through all of those seven or eight sermons, which I know are coming, but I don't know when. And none of them put putting the, I'm touching to the battery of my spirit. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm checking. As I read the sermon title, I know what it's about. I know where I'd go with it. And I'm checking. T- I'm t- I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm putting my, I'm touching the, to the spirit, my spirit man. Because if the Holy Ghost wants it, there'll be a spark. And I'll say, and no, dead. No. It's, I said, I don't know what to do. Maybe you don't want me to preach. I mean, Jenny's supposed to preach. There was nothing there. Maybe Taylor's supposed to preach. There was nothing there. I'm going through all my list of, well, I don't know what to do, Father. Maybe we should worship all the service. There's nothing there. I said, okay, Father, instead of me trying to figure it out, just tell me what you want me to preach. And he spoke to me. Just, he was just waiting for me to ask him. Yeah. of me trying to figure out all the different possibilities and he said i want you to teach on the mind i said but lord they've heard that already yeah but they haven't heard it enough (laughs) they need to teach on the mind because just because a thought comes into their thought into their brain into their mind doesn't mean they have to think it you have control over your thoughts and you need to begin to divide and, and, and be skillful in knowing which are the thoughts that come up out of your spirit by the Holy Ghost into your mind, which are your own thoughts, which, which could be okay and could also be carnal and fleshly, but even natural wisdom, even, even though it's not sinful, your deciding to do something is enmity against God. It wasn't wrong for me to not want to move into our house in the fall. When God told me in the Brazil mission trip in the hotel, it's time, your wife is right. I'm telling you now, it's time for you to move. I wanted to wait till March or April, do it in the spring. I didn't know COVID was coming, but in my mind, I wanted to wait till now. I didn't want to rush, I didn't want to be, I had traveling, I had so much on my plate last year. I could renovations, moving, finding a house, all the faith that it takes for all of that. I didn't know there was going to take three miracles to get us in. I just, I didn't want to think about it. Just let me finish the year and get all the traveling done. Then I'll think about it. See, that's natural wisdom. It's not sinful. It's not demonic. It's not even necessarily carnal from the perspective of carnal fleshy like sin. It's just my natural desire was not to do it then. but my natural thoughts and desires is an enemy against what the Holy Ghost wants because the Holy Ghost wanted something different to what I wanted. And so when I started listening, but he, and he prompted me, uh, speed up the thing with the mortgage broker. I said, well, why? We're not doing it until next April. Why would I speed it up? Speed it up. He didn't tell me all the details. He just said, speed it up. So I moved that up about five weeks. And then when I met with her, or the Lord said, now speed it up. We were going to go to the real estate agent in October, November. He said, go now. This is in early August. Go now. So we went to the real estate agent. See, but but my mind, my natural thing is fighting against that because I'm not in the mood. I'm not sin it's not sinful because I don't want to move a house it's not like like fleshly carnal thoughts like I you know somebody's tempted they want to look at pornography or they want to swear or they want to overeat that those are natural carnal thoughts but they lead to sin it's not sin not to want to move a house it's but it's still a natural thought and it's still an enemy against obviously the sinful things are enemy against God and his word but even natural thoughts are an enemy against God in line of the perfect will of God so I had to yield my mind had to be able to divide that. My mind is saying, wait, but something out of my spirit is saying, go, 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 go. I have to learn to listen to that. If I listened to my mind, we would have missed that house. We would have missed that miracle. Because an angel was watching over that house long before we knew it and protecting it for us. But, but it's conditional. That angel won't stay there forever. It was conditional on me being led by the Spirit, If I and God will give me some mercy if I miss it. But if I'm not led by the Spirit over a reasonable period of time, that angel has to take his hand off that assignment, and that house would have gone to somebody else, and those three miracles wouldn't have happened, and our joy wouldn't have been made full, and I wouldn't be riding John Deere yesterday. <laughs> I got on the John Deere. It took me uh, an hour and 45 minutes on the John Deere. It's a lot, a lot of grass. I even got my kids out there. Who would have thought children wanted to mow grass? When you get a John Deere, they'll want it. <laughs> Most of your lawns aren't big enough. You have to come to the farming, farming countryside to get a thing that where you need, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be enjoying the, the, the I wouldn't be enjoying the blessing of the Lord if I got into my natural thinking because my natural thinking is enmity. The Bible says natural thinking is enmity against God, but to be spiritually minded produces life, The life of God in the natural realm produces all the blessings and peace. So listen, how do you say one of the one reason I don't, I don't know, but I still, I'm trying to divide But where there's peace, not mental peace, but spiritual peace. When, you th- when, when it's a mindset from God, when it's the thoughts of the spirit, when you're in the spirit, when your mind, when your thoughts here is from the Holy Ghost, when that's from the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a sense of peace. There's going to be a sense of joy, like the sermon. There wasn't a peace to preach that sermon, but there was a peace to preach this, even though my natural thinking fought it, but see this, I know it's of the spirit and there's peace. That's why it says it's life and peace. There wasn't, even though I didn't want to move, if I decided not to move, there wouldn't have been peace. There's there's maybe relief. There's a difference between relief and peace. There's maybe relief in my mind. Oh, good. I don't have to think about moving, but there wouldn't be peace. I know my spirit, so I know that the only way there's going to be peace is when I yield to that prompting of the Holy Spirit in my thoughts, when I divide and I know that's the Holy Ghost and that's not the Holy Ghost. And then when I do that spiritually minded, following the mindset, the promptings, the thoughts that come from the Holy Ghost by your spirit into your thought life, into your mind, into your brain, that produces a peace. Remember Romans 15. Thirteen says, "In your believing, there's joy and peace." Remember, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, being right, joy and peace. Amen. God expects you to have joy and peace in your decisions. And if you're in your spirit, man, you'll see there'll be joy and there'll be peace. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, look, look at me, please, if you would, uh, to Galatians chapter, uh, chapter six. Remember, is it easy to remember. Romans six eight. Galatians, Romans 8, 6, Galatians 6, 8. It, it, it's easy to remember. Now, Galatians 6, 8, and the Bible says, For he that sows to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life. Remember, both that Romans and Galatians says life, life and peace. Amen. Now, let me read you Galatians 6, verse 8 from the, from the Passion Translation. And it says, The harvest you reap uh, reveals the seeds that were planted. Yes. If you plant the corrupt seeds of a selfish life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of the spiritual life into this natural realm, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the Spirit. How do you plant the spiritual seeds? If you sow to the spirit. Remember the King James says, if you sow to the spirit. The Passion says, if you plant spiritual seeds, seeds that come from the spirit life. Now in in the margin, it says, these spiritual good seeds include the following. Bible study. Prayer. We could add praying in tongues. It doesn't say that, but we know praying in tongues. Speaking correctly. Confessing right. Giving. Loving. Dropping seeds every day from a life lived out of our new creation. This, 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 the way that God's made us live, speaking the word, confession, love, forgiveness, prayer, all of this is your sowing. When you do these actions, which all of us should be doing every day, we are sowing into the spiritual we're sowing spiritual seeds into this natural realm that we live in and when we are carnal and we disobey god and we're in sin and we follow this sex uh, fleshly act and that thing and that thing and, that, and and anger and strife and disobedience and rebellion and sexual perversion and 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 overdosing and this and that when we when we're sowing those kind of seeds into this world in which we live we are going to reap a corruption we are going to reap a harvest of death so in other words god is saying listen i want you to have life. So, sow to the spirit. Do spiritual actions. What is one of the greatest spiritual actions you can do? Remember, sow to the spirit. To get life. How do you sow to the spirit? How do you do a spiritual action? One of the greatest is Bible study, Bible reading, meditating on the word till revelation comes, and praying in general, but also praying in tongues. As you pray in tongues, you are what? Jenny, as we pray in tongues, we are living Galatians 6, verse 8. We are sowing these actions, these things that we're doing, like prayer, we're sowing into we're sowing spiritual actions. Yeah. We're sowing into, that, into the natural realm and the spiritual realm spiritual actions. What's going to be the result? Life. Now why? Interpret Galatians 6, 8 with Romans 8, 6. When we sow spiritual actions like praying in the spirit, when we sow that and we do these right things, these behaviors, these habits, we do these things, we are sowing spiritual seeds into this realm and the result's going to be life. Now Romans 8, 6 says, it says, now, uh, <laughs> I don't want to misquote it. Let me read it again to you. I know it, but I don't want I don't want to to misquote. I've got so many things going through my mind. Romans 8 6 from the Amplified. Carnally minded, death. Spiritually minded, life and peace. So you sow actions like prayer into the realm of the spirit, into the realm of the natural. You do these actions daily, you are sowing into the spirit. Now, when if you don't, you do other things, you're sowing into the flesh. Now, if you're as you're sowing there, what's happening? It affects your mind. That's what I'm trying to connect with you. When you sow carnally, it affects, you do things that are carnal. It affects your mind because you're sowing actions that's affecting your thought life. And what's going to be the result? Carnally minded death. You sow to the flesh. You reap corruption. You reap death. Why? Because when you do things that are wrong, it creates mess in your mind. And when your mind is messed up because of carnal thinking, it produces death. Now, when you do things that are right... Prayer, right living, right behaviors, right habits. When you sow spiritual things, godly things into this natural realm, into the spiritual realm, you sow right things. What's going to It's going to affect your thoughts because by praying in the spirit, which is doing a right action, it affects your mind. By being in the word, it washes your mind. By meditating on the word, it renews, transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, 2. By forgiving, by giving, by all these things, it affects your thoughts. Now, what happens? Now, then you're, because you've sowed spiritual actions, now, that's that's Galatians 6, now Romans 8, because you've sowed spiritual actions, now your mind, your thoughts are more spiritual. And you what? Have life and peace. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life. If your mindset is spiritual, you're going to have life and peace. Let me repeat it. If you sow to the Spirit, spiritual actions... Galatians 6, 8, you're going to have life. Now, if your mind is spiritual, Romans 8, 6, you're going to have life, life and peace. So obviously the actions of sowing affects the thought process in the mind. Amen. So if you're constantly doing wrong things, it's going to mess your mind up. And if you constantly do right things, it's going to make your mind more sensitive Amen. to the things of the spirit. Do you understand Galatians 6, 8 and Romans 8, 6 a little bit more clearly? Yes. When you make decisions to do the right thing, to pray, for example, to pray in the Holy Ghost, when you make that decision, you're sowing out seed. You're doing the right thing. Now that comes back as a harvest to you in your thought life because when you sow to the spirit, Romans 8, 6 says, you'll be spiritually minded. So your mind now is more thinking and focused on things of the spirit. So now when the Holy Ghost brings a thought up to you that he wants to communicate to you, if you've been living carnally all the time, you're going to have a very hard time delineating that in your mind because you've sowed to the flesh and now you're carnally minded. But if you've been sowing to the Spirit and living right, now the Holy Ghost wants to bring a thought up to you. Now when that thought comes and you've got a natural thought from you and a spiritual thought from the Holy Ghost, it's going to be a lot easier to separate the two and know what the Holy Ghost is saying and what he's not saying. Why? Because you're spiritually minded. Why? Because you've been doing spiritual actions. Doing the spiritual actions makes a spiritual mind. Doing spiritual actions makes a spiritual mind. If you do the right thing, then when you're trying to figure out is God speaking to me or not, you'll be able to tell because your mindset is spiritual. You can now divide. This is the Holy Ghost speaking to me and this is myself or this is the devil in the world. You can divide it, but it all comes back to what you sow. Amen. If you do the right thing, it's going to affect your thoughts. If you do the wrong thing, it's going to affect your thoughts. Wrong things bring corrupt thoughts that you, that you can't hear the Holy Ghost. Right behaviors, the Word, walking in love with people, obeying the Holy Ghost, uh, being praying in the Spirit, when you worshiping God when you do these right things it affects it washes it renews it cleans it makes more sensitive your thoughts your mind to that realm of the spirit because you've been sowing to the spirit now because you've done the right things now you're going to be able to have a spiritual mind and you're going to understand what the spirit of God is saying to your spiritual mind does that make sense so what do you need to do pray more read the Bible more do so spiritual things, habits in your life, and you'll find your mind will become spiritual. Your thoughts will become spiritual. You'll be able to delineate and differentiate and, and, and divide more skillfully and accurately what is coming up out of my spirit and what is just originating from my brain. What's coming out of my spirit to my mind, that's God, and what originated in my mind, that's me. And what came outside, that's the devil. What comes up is God. What started and originated here is me. And what comes from the outside is the devil of the world. Let me, decide, let me differentiate. Where is the source of this, Jenny? Did the source come from outside? Reject it. Did the thoughts originate with my own brain? That's me. It may not be sinful, but it's still natural. Reject it. Did it come up out of my spirit? That's God. But how am I going to know if it came up out of my spirit? If I'm spiritually minded, I'll know. If my mind is attuned to the things of the spirit, I'll know if it came up out of my spirit. But how do I get my mind attuned to the things of the spirit? So into the things of the spirit. So into the things of the spirit. So spiritual actions, and you'll get a spiritual mind. That's the name of today's term and title. So spiritual actions and you'll have a spiritual mind. Peter, that's the name of it. So spiritual actions, that's Galatians 6, 8. And you'll have a spiritual mind, that's Romans 8, 6. That's what we're talking about this morning. That's what the Holy Ghost is trying to get over to you. Be spiritual in your actions and you'll be spiritual in your thoughts. Pray and you'll be spiritual. Forgive and you'll be. Now, if you just overdose on Netflix all the time, you're not going to be spiritual in your thoughts. And well, I can't really understand what God's telling me. Well, that's because you're overdosing. Well, well, well. what's wrong with social media? It's nothing wrong with social media. But if you're on nine hours a day, you're overdosing on all your friends and this thing and that thing. And you're going to wonder, well, how come I can't hear God's voice? Because your mind is not spiritual because you haven't sown spiritual action. You haven't prayed. You haven't read. You haven't spent time in his presence you haven't worshiped you haven't done these things and now your mind is just carnal because you haven't done those things but you do those things your mind will get spiritual will. and then when something comes up you'll go oh that's God yes Lord I can i am tell you it, it save you it saved your life. save your life it keep you from getting on the wrong plane it keep you from marrying the wrong louse because <laughs> if they're wrong for you they're a louse It'll keep you I'm telling you, yes. it'll keep you marrying right. It'll keep you going to the right schools. It will keep, you might be smart and have seven job offers, but there's only one job that's right. Yes. It'll keep you in the right job. I'm telling you, 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 you have, well I have to sell stuff, I have clients. God, it will lead you to the right places where a sale can be made. It will keep you from making wrong business arrangements and covenants and contracts with the wrong people that will hurt you, but they look like they're good. It will keep you from buying the wrong car. That's a lemon. It will keep you from buying the wrong house. It will keep you from, I'm telling you, being led by the spirit is everything. It keeps you on the master path of God's perfect will. You've got to stay led by the spirit to stay on that path. And all the blessings, including John Deere tractors are on that path. All of it is on that path but you got to be led by the spirit to be on that path how are you led by the spirit do spiritual actions and you'll have spiritual thoughts so spiritually and your mind will become pure and clean and crystal white whiter than snow and you'll be able to divide that's the devil that's from the outside that's me but that's come up by the holy ghost glory to god i know what to do this is what if you could have a church full of people led by the spirit my god what could we do jenny that's what God wanted me to share. I have a lot of other notes, but I don't feel prompted to share any of it. That's what God, that's what he wanted me to share. Glory. Hallelujah. You've got to get delivered from your notes sometimes. Because the notes are just a guide book. When we, when we go to these countries, if we have a day off, which we don't, but if we do, like we had a day off, uh, because Reverend, Reverend uh, Richard left a day before us. When we were in South Korea. And so, you know, sometimes you have a day off. Sometimes you don't. It depends on the airplane schedules. But we had a, we had a day off. And so we look at the guidebook. And th- there's a lot of places that you can see in Seoul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, now we do that on our own personal money. We don't have the church pay for that because it's a personal thing. But there's a lot of places in the guidebook, but it's a, guide. it's a guide. We can't go to everything. We can just go to what we feel like we want to go sure. to. So there's a lot of notes, but that's a guide. I can't preach everything always in the notes. I just have to preach. It's a guide. It lets me know what's available to preach. But then the Holy Ghost highlights and he puts, he highlights things. and says, just focus on that. Forget the rest. Just focus on that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Spiritual action will give you a spiritual mind. When you have a spiritual mind, you will know what God is saying to you. It will save you immeasurable, immeasurable. harm, pain, and misery. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have married wrong because you didn't have a spiritual mind. It's okay. Still with God you. will help you from He's now you. on. Yeah. He's with you. He'll Thank help you. you in that. Yeah. Some of you have made bad decisions in finances and investments. It's okay. Wow. It's okay. He hasn't left you. He's with you. He'll help you in that because he loves you unconditionally. But start being spiritually minded now. So spiritual action, spiritual thoughts, learn how to be led by the spirit. That's God's thought. That's my thought. I'm going to go with God's thought. start doing that now. And you'll find that you'll start to reap in your future next month, next year. You'll start to reap more things that are that are blessings instead of pain. Now, I want to talk about George Floyd for a second. Because the Holy Ghost now, I'm going to, it's 1150. I'm going to take 10 minutes to talk about this. But the Lord prompted me to say this. And it's not going to be what some of you think it's going to be. So just, it is what you think it's going to be. But it's also not maybe what you think it's going to be. But first of all, I want to say this. Racism is very, it's a very sensitive issue to me personally. You say, why, you're a white man. Yeah, but I grew up in apartheid South Africa. Right. People that grew up in ultra poverty, it's, a, it's a, it has a personal imprint on them yeah. and it, it affects them for the rest of their life and they hate it more than maybe other things. Yeah. Like Jesse DePlantis. Yeah. People that grow up that have been, uh, that have seen domestic violence, for example, it imprints upon them something in their younger years and they grow up with a special hatred for husbands beating their wives. Do you understand? Yeah. People that grew up watching their father sleep with everything on two legs yeah. and see sexual promiscuity in the household and unfaithfulness and adultery and all that stuff, it marks them as a child. And they grew up with a, spe- they hate all sin, but they have a special yeah. place of hatred That's good. That's good, for, uh, for, for adulterers yeah. and for sexual promiscuity and cheaters. I grew up in an environment where black people were not just less. But they were segregated away from us. They were basically like servants and slaves. And the majority of the population, I won't say, I don't know if that's a fair statement. I don't know if the majority, but many of the population, because the government was, was a racist government, oppressed them. Yes. I know what it was like to have close family members B- try to bring home little black boys when I was six years old, five, seven years old, try to bring little black children home for lunch and I was told that they are not allowed to come into our home or eat our food because of the color of their skin. Not now, that was close family members. Now, my mother was in a t- tight spot. In all my years of living, I've never had one occasion, not one time, where I've heard her say or do one thing that has been harmful or negative or racist against any other skin color. In fact, she was constantly trying to help and protect and undo the problems that my other close family members were doing. So understand that she, a lot of the reason I'm like this is because of my mother, because she instilled in me. There there were, because why, why Jenny? Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. When the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, how can you hate your brother? The Bible says if you hate your brother, the love of God is not in you. That's right. The love of God was in her heart. The love of God wasn't always in my other family members' hearts, but it was in her heart. And she trained me about the love of God, doesn't see. We're one blood. One blood of all nations yeah. under heaven. So it's a personal, I have a personal, supreme hatred for racism because I saw it and I know how godless and demonic it is yes. Amen. And, I, and I and that's why it's a very don't mess with me about this because I'll, I'll tear you up that's why I have gone on tirades in the church before yeah. by the Holy Ghost because it's a very personal thing to me and that's why we have 34 nationalities 35 nationalities in our church because it comes from the head down and if a pastor has any tiny one microcosm speckle particle of racism in him it's going to affect the congregation and there's not one in me and i can tell you that because it's a personal issue to me so i if you're new to our church you haven't heard the tirades (laughs) you're you're a rookie you're not a veteran you don't know you haven't heard the things i've said over the years so i don't think i need to repeat this but for the new ones let me just tell you there's a personal place of deep Aggression inside my heart against this one particular area of of evil, which is called racism. Do you understand that? So I want to just say that first because of my childhood. I also want to say this. I don't comment from the pulpit. Okay, I am not a news service. Do you understand me? I am not a news. I'm not CNN or CBC or any other MSBs. I'm not them. I'm not Fox. I'm a preacher. It is not my role. In fact, it's wrong to get up behind a pulpit under an anointing and try to make it a news platform. I am not here to comment on news stories. I am not here. I am a no obligation to comment on what the world is going through. My, my obligation is to preach the gospel and to say what the Spirit of God tells me to say. And if he doesn't tell me to say it, I don't say it. And there's been other cases where cops and, and people of color have had altercations. And, and the Lord hasn't said to me to say anything, so I haven't. And, and some of them are so divisive because they're gray. You, you can't really initially tell, is it all this person's fault? Is it some of that person's fault? Maybe they provoked. Maybe I, you just, you, it's not always that clear. Sometimes there's gray zones in, and that's probably why the Holy Ghost hasn't prompted me to say anything, because it would just be divisive. But even no matter how the situation unfolds, no matter how clear or not clear it is, I'm not a new service, and my obligation is not to just talk about what the world is going through. I know some pastors make the pulpit a, a, a new service platform, and it's wrong. It violates the anointing. My job is to feed you the word, not talk about what's happening in the world. But occasionally the Holy Ghost, Jenny, while I'm preaching, will come on me to talk about racism. And it's maybe nothing's going on in the world at that moment. Why? Because there's adultery in the world. There's adultery in the church. You have to preach about adultery. There's pornography in the world. There's pornography in the church. you got to preach about pornography. There's cussing in the world. There's cussing in the church. you got to speak about cussing. There's racism in the world and not in our church, but in some churches, there's racism in the church. And so you got to sometimes preach about racism as the spirit leads. And he's led me many times. And if there's a little tiny weed growing in somebody's heart somewhere, I smash that to bits by speaking under the unction of the Spirit as he leads. Now if something is going on in the world, so I, I, and what I'm saying is I say things as the Spirit leads. Usually it doesn't coincide with the news media. But in this situation, I didn't even know really what was going on because I don't watch the news. And on Friday night after the service, I got home and I turned on the news. And I was absolutely fibergasted. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. All these cities, all this rampaging, all this violence, the burning buildings. and, and then, And then... And then seeing what, what was the, caused it with George Floyd and all that kind of stuff. So, but and I and again I preach when the Lord prompts me in general, even if nothing's happening in the media. And normally, when something is happening in the media, the Lord doesn't preach to prompt me to say anything. But in this case, He prompted me to say something because of what's happening in the media. Now, that's I think the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, I but I heard Him say on Friday night, "You address the Sunday morning." I thought He meant as a little announcement. I didn't know it was going to be part of my sermon. But he said, you addressed this Sunday morning, and he said to them, he said, now you tell the people, number one, that there's a personal, there's a very sensitive issue to you, so that everybody knows that you are where you stand about racism. Also tell them that you're not a news service, and that the only reason you're saying this is because I prompted you, not because it's on the headline of the news. And it's important that you understand that so that nobody expects things from me that I can't provide. My job is not to report news. My job is to preach the gospel. But in this case, the Holy Ghost spoke it to me. Let me say this other, this next thing that the Lord prompted me to say to you. Racism is a world issue. It is not a church issue. Now, in some churches, it's an issue, but in our church, it's not an issue. Racism is always going to be here because there are people that are full of darkness and racism is an outflow of darkness. So it is a world problem. It is a world issue. And we don't, we don't, we don't comment unless the Lord tells us to with the other world issues. There's, there's greed. People are, are stealing money. I don't necessarily always comment about that unless he tells me there's people that are dying in hurricanes. I don't necessarily comment about that unless he tells me to. And there is, racism. I don't necessarily comment about that unless he tells me to. It's a world issue. It is not part of our nature. It is not part of the love of God should have brought out. It is not part of the church of Jesus Christ. And it is certainly not part of promise of life church. It is a world issue. So I can't always address every time the world falls in the cesspool because that's what it is they fall in the cesspool and it's on the tv it's not my job to talk about it unless god tells me to talk about it because it's a world issue but in this case he told me to say something and so i'm going to but it was it's not what they think it's going to be so i just want to i want you to know something when i saw that video obviously my ire is deeply stirred i wanted to reach through that television rip that guy and Put him in handcuffs, the, the police officer, and put him in handcuffs himself. Because to do, I don't. It doesn't matter to me as much that he's a black man. It's any man. Any man. But that's that society. That, that, that part of our society has been picked on unnecessarily. Yes. Have been picked on for a long time yes. by racist people. Yes. So in this case, it is a black and white issue. But for me to see that, of course, it stirs my ire. But listen, it it might stir your ire too. Why? Because we love people. We have the love of God in our hearts. We don't want to see anybody hurt. We don't want to see people hurt, picked on, maligned, abused. We don't want to see people taken advantage of, especially by authority figures who are here to protect us, and then they abuse their power. it's It's sickening. It's heinous. It is. And it stirred me. I wanted to reach the television. I mean, it stirs me. But here's what the Holy Ghost wanted me to say to you. And I want you to listen very carefully because whether this bothered you deeply or didn't bother you deeply, everybody needs to hear this. What the Holy Ghost prompted me to say is this. Don't let the world's problems rob you of your spiritual mind and peace. This is very important. Important. I felt that rise come up within me when I saw that because I... I, 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 I almost don't have words to express the rage when I see somebody taken advantage of. You didn't grow up in apartheid. I did. I saw with my own eyes what they did to people, even as a child. And I've seen it since. And my brother-in-law was in prison for 19 years with Nelson Mandela on Robben Island. Nineteen years he suffered at the hand of racist police officers and, and guards and wardens because he stood for freedom. And my sister is a champion uh, and is a journalist and talks about that and deals with things in the world where, there's, where people are maligned and abused. It's a, deep, it's a deep thing to me. It's a deep thing to me so you can understand maybe more than the average person why I almost can't watch it because so, it makes me so upset. But I heard the Holy Ghost when I watched that video. I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me so clearly and said, son, remember, because I could feel that rise come. I, I heard the Holy Ghost say, remember what pastor taught you in Russia? Yeah. I said, yes, sir. I know what pastor taught me in Russia. And he said, don't you ever, son, get out of your spiritual mind. Yeah. Don't let their cesspool yeah. rob you of your peace. Right. It's okay to have righteous anger, yes. righteous indignation. Yes when wrong is done do you understand but you've got to learn to not let that grip you and take you so much that now you're i'm thinking about it i, I can't sleep i wake up in the morning i'm thinking blah, 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 blah. that's carnality that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. there's nothing wrong with having an emotion because god made us with emotion with having righteous anger but if you but you got to draw a line quickly Otherwise, you'll stay in your soul. Yeah. Do you understand? And then what happens when you stay in your soul is it starts to bother you. And what does it do? It gets your mind worked up. It gets your soul and your emotions overcharged and overwhelmed. And you've lost your peace. Spiritually minded is peace. You're focused now not on what you should be, but on what the world is going through. And we're not in we're of the we're not in the world, but we're we're in the world but not of the world so we're not influenced we shouldn't be influenced by what they go through not to the place that it steals our peace we can feel compassion we can pray there's a difference you can pray and have a burden to pray but when the burden lifts off you to pray there'll be peace but if you're not praying and you've lost your peace listen i'm trying to help you if you're not if it's not intercessory prayer which in most cases it's not and you've lost your peace over this or any other situation that is in the world, I'm just using this as an example because it's fresh. If you've lost your peace over this or any other situation, it shows that you're more soulish than spiritual. Because a spiritual person might recognize it, might acknowledge it, might feel that, that that righteous indignation, but then they they keep it in the right place. They don't obsess about it. They don't think about it all the time because they know this is this is the world falling into the cesspool, and we expect it to happen. It's the world. They're full of darkness. It's not in my life. It's not in my church. So I accept it. I acknowledge it. I, I process it, and I and I and I pray for that family, and I pray for these things that are happening. But I'm not gonna let let it overtake my thought life and ups- make me obsessive in my soul realm and it might make, get all emotional and upset and then lose my peace, lose that, that precious place that I've so worked hard to nurture where I've got the mind of the spirit, I'm thinking thoughts of the spirit and I'm doing actions of the spirit and my mind is right and my peace is right and my joy is right and then all of a sudden throw all that away to get totally in the soul realm and get worked up and and I've lost my peace. You can feel things and it be right because it's righteous indignation, but there's a line you're going to draw and say, okay, okay, I, I, I stop it here, Lord. I, I, this is the world. It's not me. I stop it here, and I get back into my peace. And I was watching that video, and I'm telling you, I sat up on the edge of my seat. I mean, I can't tell you I wanted to reach to that TV. I'm telling I was angry with the other cops who weren't pulling him off. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I was so, and I heard the Holy Ghost. I mean, he spoke to me. Because he could see, maybe in another area that's not so personal to me, it wouldn't, he, maybe I wouldn't have got so upset, but I was really, I, my blood, my blood was pounding. And I, and I stood, I said, mm, and, I, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, remember what your mother taught you in Russia. I said, yes, sir, I remember. Yes, sir, I remember. I'm not going to touch this with my thought life. I'm not going to let my soul and my emotions be overwhelmed with this. I, I, I feel what I feel because it's right to feel that way. But I draw a line now. This is the world's problem. It's not my problem. And I don't live like that. Now I'm going to stay in the spirit. I'm going to stay with spiritual actions and spiritual thoughts. And I'm going to stay with spiritual peace. And I'm not going to let it rob me of my peace. Can you see the balance that I'm giving you? You can draw, you can feel, have righteous indignation and justice, but draw a line. And then don't cross that line. Stay in the spirit and stay in peace. Because let me tell you something. This is going to keep happening. This is going to keep happening over and over again because the world is full of darkness. Let me tell you just like sexual immorality starts, Jenny, with a work of the flesh, murder, Paul says in Galatians, is a work of the flesh, racism is a work of the flesh, it starts with the flesh. It's not demonic. It starts with the flesh. But if you continue sowing to that flesh and yielding to racism, a demon of racism will come. And now you're in big trouble because then it will take over you. If you keep sowing to fits of rage and anger, a demon will come. If you, if you, and that will cause murder. It's murder starts with the flesh, but it can end with demons. Do you understand? If you keep sowing to uh, lying which is a work of the flesh, a spirit of lying will come on you. And I'm telling you, many people out there, they sow to racism in the flesh, and then they wonder why they're overtaken with it because there's a demon. And then they start with this protest, which starts right, but then all it turns into is a riot. It turns into an excuse for rebellious people to thumb their nose in rebellion at authority. And that is why you see anarchy. That is why the Atlanta governor stood up and rebuked her state and said, this is ridiculous. I'm paraphrasing. This is not protesting. This is chaos, what? burning buildings, cussing and swearing, throwing rocks at police officers. I understand peaceful protest, but there's no place in the Bible for riotous behavior. No. That is simply rebellion, gone amuck, thumbing their nose at authority. And while some bad apples exist and put their butts in prison for the rest of their life. But most of them are good officers and they are here to protect society. And you don't thumb your nose at the whole thing because one, a few guys make a mistake. Like you don't not ever come back to church because a couple pastors in the city made a mistake. You still come to church. The couple doctors mishandled patients. You still go to your doctor. That's right. A couple lawyers cheated people. You still get a lawyer. The, some police officers make mistakes. You still thank God that they're there to keep the evil element at bay. Amen. And here you are, people that are, should be protesting peacefully and rightfully so. They take that excuse, Jenny, as a justification to break, to burn, to rob, to steal, to wrong. abuse. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And what we need to try is pray and bind that spirit. Yes, that's right. As I close, I want to read you because I know Taylor's waiting, but I want to read you. These two verses quickly, very quickly, Romans 13, 13. I want to read that to you, okay? Romans 13, 13, because I want to give you scripture that what you're seeing in these cities is completely demonic. It is. There's nothing wrong with peaceful protest, but what you're seeing is not peaceful. No. It's not right. It's not scriptural, and it's actually an act of the, of the flesh, but the people, worldly people are in the flesh. They're not even in the spirit because they're not saved. But there's demons that stir up crowds, Jenny. Yeah. It's called a riotous spirit. And the Bible talks about it. Romans 13, 13. And the Bible says, Romans 13, 13. And the Bible says, let us walk honestly as in the daylight, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering. Okay, that's technically, I don't want to get into it, but that's technically talking about sexual immorality and, and I, I won't get into it, but it's talking about perverse sexual acts. That's chambering. And wantonness, which is really, uh, again, talking about lasciviousness and licentiousness, which is homosexual behavior. So chambering is heterosexual Im- Im- immorality and wantonness is same-sex immorality. Not in strife, which is quarreling, fighting, wrangling. And not in envying, which is jealousy. He says, Let us walk in the day. In other words, these actions are of the night. Yeah, that's right. They're of darkness. They're of Satan himself. The works of Satan are rioting, and that word in the Greek language is komos, and it means to revel, to riot, to let loose. It literally means to let loose, to carouse, and to let loose without any thought of, of maintaining discipline. And when you look at these people, they have let loose, Jenny. That is called rioting. So rioting is a work of the night. It's a work of darkness. So is drunkenness. So is sexual immorality with a heterosexual bent. So is sexual immorality with a homosexual or lesbian bent. So is strifing, quarreling, fighting, and arguing. And so is any kind of jealousy and envy. These are works of darkness, and we are forbidden to do it. I'm just giving you some scripture, and let me read you the last one, which is 2 Peter 2.13, because the Bible is pretty clear in 2 Peter 2.13 about this, and then I'll close. 2 Peter 2.13. Praise the Lord. And it says, And ye shall receive the reward of right of and ye shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. Meaning, watch now, these, these are acts of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. People will have, it is unrighteous behavior that counted joyful pleasure to riot. People that love to riot, that love to do these violent protests, the Bible calls it unrighteous. And you are forbidden to take part in it. Amen. I want to... I, I just want to read that Second Peter uh, two thirteen from the Passion translation. For all the evil they have done will come crashing down on them. They consider it their great pleasure to carouse and riot in broad daylight. You, you, you don't. I'm telling you, God is not pleased with this. And and what did I say? Ro- Romans thirteen. Is that what I said, brother? Romans thirteen thirteen. Let me just read that from the Passion, and then I'll close. Romans thirteen and verse thirteen. And it says, we must live honorably, surrounded by the light of this new day, not in darkness of drunkenness, debauchery, promiscuity, sensuality, being argumentative, jealousy, or others. Praise God. And that, and that so it doesn't say the word riot there, but in the King James it does. We are to live right. Amen. We are to pray for these cities that are given over to the devil. Yes. Because it's nothing wrong with protesting wrong behavior, but it's not right to riot. So my brother and sister, listen to me. No, not one person in all of you that are watching me right now. Not one person hates racism more than yours truly. Because not anyone has seen it as vividly as I have and had impressed upon me as a child. So I am obviously appalled. And I want justice and my ire. But the Holy Ghost is helping me. Son, don't forget what your mama taught you. See, when I sat at the table in Russia, mama taught me. Pastor Nancy taught me. Pastor Craig, you're you're too much in your emotions. You're too much in your mind. You need to get out of your thought life, out of your, out, of your, out of your mental arena and tap into your spirit more. You're getting too upset about Because I was telling her problems. She said, you're getting too upset. And so that's what, I knew that's what God meant. What he meant is, Craig, right now you're, you're in your emotions. And there's nothing wrong with having righteous indignation and, and justice. But you're, but you're going to let it overcome you. You're going to let it take over you. And I don't want it to take over you because you shouldn't be in your mind and controlled by your emotions and all these feelings. You need to stay in your spirit, man. And your spirit, man, and your, spirit man, and your spirit, spiritual actions make spiritual thoughts and that is life and peace. And he said, if you keep list, if you keep watching that video, and if you keep getting yourself riled up, you're going to lose your peace. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with knowing it's wrong. And there's nothing wrong with praying. But don't let it steal your peace, son. So I backed away from that line. And I'm fine. So if, if, you let, if it's stealing your peace, back away and stay in peace. Doesn't mean we agree with it. Just back away. And let's pray for these cities, especially Minneapolis. Let's pray for it because in Minnesota because, uh, because is living is a work of darkness. It's a work of night. And it's just people that are taking advantage. Their hearts might have been right at the beginning, but now it's just an excuse to be uh, debaucherous and ridiculous and hurt people and rob and break things and burn things. And God is so displeased with that. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to say that it lines up with what I preached. Because you've got to keep spiritual a spiritual mind. You do. You've got to keep peace. Otherwise, you can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying and rightly divide it in your thought life. Remember what I said. Spiritual actions... Produce spiritual thoughts. When you sow to the Spirit by prayer and other things, your thought life will become more sensitive and more spiritual. And then when the thought comes up from the Holy Ghost into your mind, you'll be able to go, oh, that's the Holy Ghost. And oh, no, that that started with me. That's that's not the God. I know the voice of the Spirit. If you lose your peace, you can't delineate. If you get into your soul and get overwhelmed with your soul and emotions, you can't delineate. So it steals from you. You become carnally minded. God wants you to stay spiritually minded.